Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, November 6th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be chatting today about my picks, my leads, my thoughts for week nine here in the Circus Sports Million with my ATS.io-2 entry. 23, 16, and 1 on the season, coming off of a 2-3 and three week last week. So hoping for better fortunes in the NFL here for this weekend's action. Over at ATS.io, lots of great content, lots of great information for you to check out. We got tons of game previews, picks, and predictions, game breakdowns, analysis from our very talented cast of writers. I put together the Sharp Money Reports this morning for the college football and NFL betting markets for this weekend, talking about the nature of line moves, talking about the expectation of some of the line moves as we get closer to the games for this weekend. So I encourage you to check that out. And of course, once again here, we got another long list of sportsbook promotions. Lots of great stuff going on for new and existing users over at PointsBet Sportsbook. We also have the Bet $1, Win $100 in free bets promotion over at BetMGM. That is a new user promotion in Indiana, New Jersey, Colorado, Tennessee, and West Virginia here for this weekend. So if you live in any of those states, or live adjacent to those states and can get across the border to place your wagers, head on over to ATS.io, read up on those offers. Very good sportsbook promotions here across the board, but a very good one there at BetMGM. And of course, if you use the ATS app, which you can download in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store, or over at ATS.io, you'll be able to read through the different articles that we have. We have article integration now inside of that app. That includes all of our picks and predictions, game breakdowns, uh, featured content about top promotions. You can read my college football power ratings in there as well, which I'll have updated here on Sunday this weekend. Uh, But you can also track your bets. You can look at the odds screen, see what the odds are across the different legal U.S. sports books. You can look at stats. You can look at ATS standings. You can look at over-under standings. All kinds of great stuff there in that ATS app for you to check out. So again, the Google Play Store, the Apple Store, or over at ATS.io. And we very much encourage you to download that app and check it out. You'll have a lot of stuff at your fingertips with that ATS app. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and dive into my thoughts, my leans, my picks, my breakdowns here for week nine in the Circus Sports Million. Big week here, of course. The next quarter begins. The third quarter of the season will run through week 12. So we got $287,000 in cash prizes up for grabs once again in the Circus Sports Million. So very important to get off to a good start. And in fact, I did that back in week five with the only 5-0 and I've had so far this season. But unfortunately finished the quarter at just 12-8 and for the second quarter. 11-8-1 for the first quarter. So that's how we get 23-16-1 for me. And the really frustrating thing is that You know, I had four leans on the card last week. I picked two of them, and they wound up going 0-2. But I picked the other ones, I'd have had a 4 and one week. So, you know, that's the challenge here is that, you know, you're kind of handicapping these games twice in a way because, look, you know, if you're just playing with your personal bankroll and you've got four leans, you may just go ahead and play them all. Of course, you may play them for smaller bet amounts than the picks you're a little bit more confident in. But, of course, I've got to handicap those games twice. Once to put them on the short list, and another time to decide which games I actually want to put on my five-play card. And unfortunately, last week in the Circa, 
I picked wrong. So I went 0-2 with the leans. If I had picked the other two leans, well, I would have went 4-1, and one and you know things would have looked a little bit better for me here. But again, still 23-16-1 on the year, not too shabby. Uh, hopefully we can get some 4-1s and, and some 5-0s and here as we go forward. Speaking of a 5-0, and our other entry, ATS.io-1, did go 5-0 and last week. Also got back one of the games in our season-long drink bet with the Bears covering over the Saints in that one. Now 24-16 and on the season for the Dash 1 entry. So running really good here over the last three weeks. Uh, that entry now has site bragging rights a half point ahead of my ATS.io-2 entry. A four-way chop for the second quarter in the Circus Sports Million 2. Dogs are barking, Hedgehog Inc., Manura 11, and Trace Loopers all splitting the $287,000 going 17-3 and three in the second quarter. So $71,750 before Uncle Sam gets a cut for those four entries. As far as the full season goes here, Sunny San Diego, the leader, 30.5 points. Presence dash two in second with 30 points. Presence dash one in a four-way tie for third with Sheila's Boys, Chicken Dinner, and Aaron White. Those four entries all with 29 and a half points here so far this season. Last week, the field as a whole came in at 46.32%, the worst week of the season in the Circus Sports Million so far. The top five consensus did go two and three, but the top two plays lost in the Tennessee Titans, who I was on, and the Buffalo Bills, I was not on. But the Titans and the Bills accounted for nearly 28% of the losses in the field last week. So that really does dictate how everybody does as a whole, how the top five consensus does, and in particular, how the two or three most popular plays do. And of course, the two most popular plays last week did come up short. The consensus as a whole went five and nine in last week's games. For the season now, the top five consensus 24 and 16, which is still absolutely outstanding. I do expect regression to the mean with the top five consensus as we go forward. The consensus as a whole, 62, 55, and three on the season here. 51.65% is the season cover rate. 63,843 winners, 59,768 losers, 1,209 pushes. Although there's only been one game that's been an actual push in the Circus Sports Million here for this season. There were two other games that were not played by the deadline. So those games, all those picks wound up being pushes as opposed to being losses here in the Circa. Over in the Super Contest, Andrew Scalzi won the second quarter going 18-2, and 15-0 in weeks 5, 6, and 7, 3-2 last week. Now in second place overall with 30 points. ODBMG2, who was the first quarter winner, also leads the contest overall 32.5 points. That is the highest point total ever after eight weeks in the Super Contest. So 32.5 points for ODBMG. Absolutely exceptional start to the season for him and that entry. This is the smallest field we've had in the Super Contest since 2013 and the smallest first prize since 2011. 435000 I believe $620 and change for first place. So you wonder, you know, what changes for the Super Contest next season? The Super Contest reboot begins this week, I believe. 
That's $500 for anybody who wants to enter that one. But you do wonder here, you know, with the Circus Sports Million, a you know premier contender to the Super Contest, the new Circus Sportsbook, uh, I'm just in awe of that place, and I haven't even been to it yet. You wonder what the Westgate Superbook does differently for next season. And, of course, you know, pretty good time to start talking about that as we reach the midway point of the NFL season here this week. The field in the Super Contest last week, 48.49%, now 51.79% for the season. Top five consensus went two and three. Consensus went seven and seven. The top five is 21 and 19 on the season now through eight weeks. And the consensus, 62, 52, and three. Over in the Super Contest Gold, Andrew Scalzi, two does lead that. Same number of points with 30, but much smaller field and has a three-point lead in the winner-take-all Super Contest Gold. Real quick note here, and you know, you'll definitely want to check the house rules or the you know rules that you've got for whatever Super Contest-esque pool you're in. But with all the COVID concerns this week, a lot of teams popping positive tests, a lot of teams in intensive protocols, stuff like that. Games that are not played by 1 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday morning are pushes in the Circa, and they are losses in the Super Contest. So keep that in mind. If you're in either one of those contests or if you're in your own pool that uses the rules from one of those two contests, they are pushes in the Circa. They are losses in the Super Contest if those games are not played by 1 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Last thing I'll mention here, as always, the disclaimer I give out all the time on this segment Our picks are not due into our proxy until 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday for the Circus Sports Million. That is Maddie over at footballcontest.com. Him and Tony do an outstanding job. And if you want to jump in these contests for next season, I would highly recommend using footballcontest.com as your proxy. But I'm recording this here about noon Eastern time on Friday. So I've still got 28 hours really to decide what I want to do with my picks. So again, I almost never go on the opposite side of a game. This year, of course, could be a little bit different with COVID and all those kinds of things. But for the most part, you know, these are the games that I will ride or die with here in week nine. But some things can change. And of course, in this COVID season, everything very fluid, to say the least. We'll have a contest update for the Circa posted tomorrow night. We'll post the Super Contest update on Sunday morning as picks are not completely due in until 11 p.m. Pacific time uh, at the counter out there. Again, we're only in the Circus Sports Million this year, but we try to get that article out on Saturdays and the Super Contest article out on Sundays. All right, with that, let's dive into my very likely picks for Week 9, and then we'll get into my list of leans here. And we start right at the top of the board with number three, the Seattle Seahawks. They're a three-point favorite on the road against the Buffalo Bills. I wish this was two and a half. The fact that it's not two and a half, though, may keep this game from being a top five consensus pick. I think if it was two and a half, you would definitely see the Seahawks in the top five because it's the flat three. That may not be the case here, but a lot of things to unpack about this game. And there are a lot of angles with which people will approach this matchup here. To me, there are two things that are primary takeaways for me. The first is that Seattle is just the better team. You know, they're sixth in offensive DVOA. The Bills are 14th. And the thing about the Bills is that Josh Allen has really regressed as this season has gone along. A lot of people that I respect in the betting community have pinpointed that as a thing, uh, you know, for the Buffalo Bills here, that Josh Allen 
has regressed as the season has gone along. And again, last week, you know, we saw Buffalo rely heavily on the run game against the New England Patriots. If they try to do that this week, that plays into what Seattle does well defensively. Seattle is not good against the pass, but they are quite good against the run. And in fact, when you look at defensive DVOA, Seattle's actually better than Buffalo because of their strength with stopping the run. Buffalo does have the better pass defense, but it's Russell Wilson, man. You know, I don't really worry that much about Russell Wilson. And in fact, I've been burned three times going against Russell Wilson so far this year. I'm 2-0 and playing on Russ, and I'm going to play on Russ again here this week with the Seahawks. The second thing is that, you know, I think a lot will be made here of this spot for Seattle. Seattle just got done beating San Francisco, and then next week they play the Los Angeles Rams in a massive game there in the NFC West. So I think people are going to look at this game and say, you know what? Seattle's in a flat spot. They're in a sandwich spot. They're going west to east. They've got the early kickoff, so on and so forth. To me, I think it's the opposite. I think Buffalo beating New England is a really big letdown spot for the Bills. And furthermore, I think that they probably got into some bad habits last week. First of all, they could have lost that game. But second of all, their offense has got to go through Josh Allen and the receivers. I don't think if they want to run the football, they're going to have tremendous success with it as we go forward here. And last week, I think was some fool's gold. I think they found something in the running game that worked against New England because Belichick wanted to take away the pass. And again, the weather conditions did kind of dictate the game script in terms of running the football. But I think it's going to fool Buffalo into thinking that they have a better run game than they actually do. So I think Seattle, they may get a little bit of a respite here defensively because Buffalo may just have some questionable play calling in this game. Total's been bet up from 52 to 55. And if you're in a shootout, who do you want? Russell Wilson or Josh Allen? I know the answer to that question. Seattle also top three in special teams DVOA. So maybe that's something that gives them a little bit of a lift here in this game. I think Buffalo is 11th, but still it's Seattle for me. And I think people may be scared away by the spot, by the early kickoff, stuff like that. But I've got probably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I got a very good head coach in Pete Carroll. I'm not going to worry about it. And furthermore too, you know, I don't think Seattle is one of those teams that falls into that trap of we've got to be balanced in this and that. They know it goes through Russ. They know they can beat Buffalo through the air. I think that's what they're going to look to do here in this one. So give me the Seahawks, number three in this in the circa million rotation order, minus three against the Buffalo Bills. Next up on the board here for me, a team I have backed a couple of times here, and I'm going to fade them this week. I'm going to fade the Denver Broncos. I like the Atlanta Falcons, number five in the circa rotation order, minus four against the visiting Broncos here. And you know this Broncos pass defense has shown a lot of cracks. They have not been as good, I think, as a lot of people have expected. And they're starting to fall back a little bit in that department. You got Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense in the dome. I think that's beneficial for them. Also, this is the first road game for Denver since October 18th. And as we know, travel's kind of weird this year with COVID. A lot of these guys are creatures of habit. They're used to having their travel routines on the road. But everything's just so much different You're kind of a prisoner in your hotel because you don't want to go out and possibly infect yourself or infect your teammates or anything like that. 
So I think being on the road is a little bit questionable when it's something you haven't done in a while. And I know that road teams are outscoring home teams so far in the NFL this year. So there is that. But I also think too here for Denver that, you know, now they're going on the road where they don't have altitude on their side. And I don't know how much of a factor this is with regards to football. In baseball, it's a big deal. The opposite Coors Field effect where, you know, pitches break a little bit differently and stuff like that. I I still think that it's, you know, a lot different for Denver when they go out on the road. And in particular here, going out of conference to Atlanta, a place they generally don't play. I think this is a little bit problematic of a spot here for the Denver Broncos. Of course, they are a team sandwiched in between division games as well. Now they're going out of conference. Yes, Seattle's doing it, but Seattle has Russ and Pete Carroll. The Broncos have Drew Locke and Vic Fangio. So, you know, for the Broncos here, I don't really think that this is as good of a spot for them uh, as it is for Seattle. I'm much more confident in the opportunities that Seattle has in that spot against Buffalo. But furthermore here, you know, look, Drew Locke has major turnover issues, and the Broncos have had turnover issues this year that have impacted them in a lot of games. The Falcons have scored on nearly 49% of their possessions. The Broncos have scored on 34.1% of their possessions. So if the Falcons get extra possessions here because they take decent care of the football, at least Matt Ryan does, and Drew Locke really doesn't, I think the Falcons are likely to win the turnover battle here which means a lot more opportunities at points for them. And for whatever reason, and I know they really like Dan Quinn. They said all the right things about Dan Quinn after he was fired. There's just a different vibe here with Raheem Morris. And for whatever reason, it's worked for the Falcons. So I do like them here in this spot. Another angle that I'm looking at here is that the Broncos just in general are a slow starting team. They've only gained 4.73 yards per play in the first quarter, 5.4 yards per passing attempt. Now you add in the early kickoff here for Denver, and I just wonder if maybe they get off to such a slow start that they're playing catch-up for a lot of this game. And I understand that's a very concerning development for the Falcons who have problems holding on to leads. But if I've got a team that I think is going to get the lead and play from in front, I'm going to take my chances with that team in a relatively low favorite role. So give me the Falcons here, minus four, number five in the Circus Sports Million rotation order. Next up on the board here, number 14, the Carolina Panthers. They are plus 10 and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, I like Carolina. I think Carolina is a quality team. I think they're a well-coached team by Matt Rule. I think they play really hard. I think they pay attention to the details because this is a team that a lot of people looked at coming into the season and said, Man, there's no talent on this team. And the fact of the matter is that they're three and three without Christian McCaffrey, who's their most dynamic offensive player. Teddy Bridgewater's played really, really well. The defense has stepped up in spite of maybe not being the most talented unit. They play really, really hard. This is a team that's going to give you a max effort week in and week out. The Chiefs, I think, are in a big time flat spot here. They've had, you know, some different adversities to overcome. They, they got their bye week on deck. And I think to a degree, especially in a COVID-filled season where you're kind of hamstrung by what you can do most days, I think a bye week is kind of a welcomed break. So I do kind of think maybe there's a little bit of a look-ahead spot to the bye here for Kansas City. And furthermore, coming out of the bye, they play four of their next five games on the road. 
So I think this is a spot to me where this is kind of win and get out mode. Don't get anybody hurt. Get to the bye week, relax, re-energize, revitalize, then get ready to play four of the next five games on the road. And also too, look, you know, and, and you can point to this game and I'm sure some people will. I'm sure some listeners will think about this. Yeah, I took Denver two weeks ago against Kansas City. Keep in mind, I thought that was a bad spot for Kansas City too. And in fact, they were held to under 300 yards in that game. The difference was Denver turned it over four times. Uh, Kansas City had a special teams touchdown. Drew Locke just played terrible in that game. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater does that here. The Panthers have taken care of the football all season long. And with McCaffrey likely coming back, again, it hasn't been fully announced yet, but it probably will be on Saturday. The Chiefs' rush defense ranks 28th in DVOA. You know the Panthers want to get McCaffrey back into the fold. As I said, I thought, you know, maybe a couple weeks ago that I would fade the Panthers getting McCaffrey back, but this is a decent matchup with which to use McCaffrey. You consume clock. You keep the ball away from Kansas City. And again, as long as you play the field position game and give yourself a chance, forcing Mahomes and company to drive long distances down the field, getting 10 and a half, I don't think it's a bad spot. So give me the Panthers here, plus 10 and a half against the heavily favored Chiefs, number 14 in the Circus Sports Million rotation order. So the three very likely picks for me here, Seahawks minus three, Falcons minus four, Panthers plus 10 and a half. Now, as far as the leans go for this week, we'll start with number nine, the Minnesota Vikings, who are four and a half point favorite against the Detroit Lions. The fact of the matter is, I leaned this way at four anyway before the Matt Stafford COVID protocols kicked in and he was isolated from the team and all of that. Look, maybe the Lions just aren't very good. You know, Stafford doesn't look great. He looks kind of uncomfortable in the pocket, doesn't have a ton of weapons to work with. I don't know why, but the Lions are still giving carries to Adrian Peterson. Offensively, this is just not a very good unit. Third road game in four weeks. And the defense is starting to trend down once again. Now, I understand it's hard to lay numbers with the Vikings. Their defense has not been good on the whole for this season. Laying numbers with the Vikings means you have to trust Kirk Cousins to take care of the football. And all of these things are worrisome, without a doubt. However, the Lions get no pressure. They're 29th in pressure percentage, 23rd in hurry percentage. They don't blitz a whole lot. They don't force turnovers. I don't see how they stop Minnesota's offense in this game. Dalvin Cook looked healthy off the bye, had the Al Bundy last week with four touchdowns. We know Cousins, when he has time to throw and when he's not on the road, can be effective. And he'll have time to throw, and he's at home here in this game. One of the big differences, I think, here is third down. The Lions are terrible in third down defense. The Vikings, for all of their warts, for all of their problems, for all of their issues on defense, They are still top five in third down percentage against. Mike Zimmer dials up the right plays on third down. This is a familiar division opponent. I think that's something that should help him. And also, too, the Vikings look different coming out of the bye. They came out of the bye and beat a Packers team that they were 0-3 against since Matt LaFleur took over. So I think this Vikings team has maybe turned a little bit of a corner here. And like I said, I just don't see how Detroit's defense is able to stop Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins with time to throw. So this is probably a play for me. I put it under leans because I don't know what happens with Stafford and all of that. But I think this is a play for me. Probably going to be a little bit chalky this week. 
but I do like the Vikings minus four and a half. I do think this is a top five consensus play, so that worries me a little bit. But again, the top five consensus, while I expect regression to the mean, has been really good to this point. So Vikings minus four and a half on my short list here as one of my very, very strong leans for this week in the Circa. Next up here is number 15, the Houston Texans minus six and a half. Again, as I said, probably looking pretty chalky this week on the whole. I just, I wonder about Houston's mindset here. And this is the worry for me. You know, when you think about teams that are tanking, you generally don't see that on the field from an effort standpoint. You see that from a play calling standpoint, from a personnel decision standpoint. Uh, The trade deadline, of course, just passed. Stuff like that. The Texans here, what concerns me about them is that they've been in the mix pretty much year in and year out. And this year, they're not. They're a one and six team. They could run the table and go 10 and six, and I still don't think they make the playoffs. So you wonder about that situation for them. You know, how invested are they as a team that's, you know, won the division back-to-back years, been a perennial playoff contender for the most part? You know, what do they do now when they're not? That's a big question to me. And maybe that answer falls on the shoulders of Romeo Cornell. You know, is he able to rally this team and try to get them to push forward in a positive direction? I think for Jacksonville, Doug Marone's a dead man walking. They're not going to retain him after this season. A lot of people were surprised that they brought him back for this season. He sits down Gardner Minshew. They'll go with Jake Luton here. And I don't know what I'm going to get from Jake Luton. I don't know what I'm going to get from this Jacksonville team as a whole. I just don't know if I want to lay this big Houston number. Now, I did take Houston against Jacksonville a few weeks ago. Did get the cover in that one. Will the same thing happen here? I don't know. The idea of laying almost a touchdown with a one-win team on the road is very concerning, to say the least. I think Houston probably used their bye week more effectively than Jacksonville. So there is that. But, uh, you know, again, kind of a tough play to make. It is on my short list of leans. And it is up to seven in the marketplace, too. So this is a little bit of a line value grab if I decide to go with Houston. But this is one that I'm definitely very much on the fence about. Next is number 20. The Los Angeles Chargers, who are in a pick em roll against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, two things about this game. The first is the Chargers have the better defense, and it's a much better defense at that if you look at DVOA. They are just the better defense. They're better in yards per play. They're just better in so many areas. They get you know generally decent pressure with their front four, gives them the chance to play a little bit more back in coverage. The second thing is that the total on this game has come down. And when you think about these two teams, and in particular, when you think about what the Chargers have done defensively the last few weeks, giving up quite a few points, the idea of this total moving down is rather significant to me. I think if we're looking for a lower scoring expectation, that would help the team with the better defense. That team is the Los Angeles Chargers. And offensively, they've been much better with Justin Herbert at the helm. They've done some better things with early down play calling, stuff like that. I kind of like the Chargers in this spot. The Raiders have dealt with a lot here lately. Uh, Looks like Trent Brown, another COVID test situation for him. Back-to-back roadies for the Raiders, albeit a much shorter trip coming back from, uh, you know, coming going to Los Angeles as opposed to coming back from Cleveland. But I don't know, man. Something about this game just points me in the direction 
of the Chargers. And and realistically speaking, I do think the Raiders are probably the better team. Offensively, they're certainly the better team. They score on a higher percentage of their possessions. They're top three and third down conversion rate this year. But something about this game and something about this expectation of a lower scoring matchup points me towards the Chargers here. Chargers here, excuse me. So Chargers at a pick'em on my shortlist here for week nine. Finally here, a little bit of a drink to uh, catch my breath wrapping up this show. Number 22, the Dallas Cowboys, plus 13 and a half. I wish it was 14, but I mean, look, this is a simple handicap here. I mean, do the Cowboys have any pride whatsoever? Because if they do, they're getting 13 and a half and a game total around 42. The Steelers are in a horrendous spot. They're off the win over the Ravens. They beat the Titans to stay unbeaten a couple of weeks prior. They've played some close emotional games. They played some division games. They have a division game on deck. I isolated this spot coming into week eight. And I said, you know, if Pittsburgh wins this game against Baltimore, we got to bet against them with Dallas, right? Now that time is here. And I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's Cooper Rush. I don't know if it's Garrett Gilbert. I don't know if it matters either way. But if there's any pride with this Dallas team, they should keep this game close. I don't know if they do. I don't know if I can take it. I don't know if I can take it at 13 and a half when it should be 14. I don't know, but, and look, it's Cowboys or nothing. You know, I, I, it's really all there is to it to me about that game. So I don't know if I can do it, but you know, I, I'm not in love with the three of my leans that aren't the Vikings and Vikings minus four and a half, probably going to be a play with Panthers plus 10 and a half Falcons minus four and Seahawks minus three. I, I may force myself to take Dallas. You know, it's probably between Dallas or the Chargers right now. And of course, we'll see what happens with injury reports and COVID and stuff like that going into Saturday. And if there are any big line grabs to be had, but you know, it's tough. There are three, three and a half games I really like here. I would even say I like the Vikings a lot. So probably four picks that I have here on Friday, finding that fifth game will be difficult for me. And we'll see what that winds up being. Again, like I said, uh, we'll have the Circa article Saturday night for you. We'll have the Super Contest update on Sunday. Uh, of course, we'll be back on the air with ATS Radio on Monday, talking about my power ratings adjustments, some box score study, and some early thoughts on the lines for week 11 in the college football season. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday.